our big vision is to fight childhood obesity. And we do that by bringing chefs and bringing coaches, fitness coaches into schools and run programming around that. Um, We are one of the few organizations that looks at both nutrition and fitness as sort of the two sides of one coin to fight obesity. Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Secutis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, H2W is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Hey, Erica. Hi. Tardigrade. Tardigrade. I'm wearing a shirt that says Tardigrade on it. And it has a cute little picture of a tardigrade, which is a... It's like a cross between a manatee and a pig. And a bear. And a bear with eight arms. I think it's got yeah. like six. I don't know. But it's um, it's basically the cutest little three-celled animal you've ever seen <laughs> that is a total vegetarian. And it's everywhere. It's like one of those things that will like long survive all of us. And the tardigrades. Yeah, the tardigrades. Anyway, it's like, that could be our band name. Totally. <laughs> Tar- that's why the shirt says tardigrade tough. Test and the tardigrades. They, they are like, they don't die. Like between tardigrades and cockroaches, the tardigrades are going to oh. win. Tardigrade is also just a superior name. It's just a cool name. It's an awesome name. Tardigrade. And I don't know if it's like the tard part or the... The three syllables that all kind of roll together. It feels nice. It's like a, it has good mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah. Tardigrade. Tardigrade. Okay. Enough of that. Um, <laughs> we, um, this is a gift from Sarah, from my friend Sarah in California. It's nice. It's a good, yeah. it's very thoughtful. It was very thoughtful. She sent a whole box full of really, really sweet gifts. And this. Well done. Shout out to Sarah in California. What's up, Shildanko? <laughs> Miss you so much over here on the. The right coast. The right coast. Yes. It's the right... If you're looking, yes. never eat shredded wheat. <laughs> that's northeast, southwest. That's not left and right. Oh, I see what you're doing. But no one else can. Nope. So let's move on. No. Nope. <laughs> um, so let's talk about... We're talking about wits. We're talking about... This, this is a... It's a... Not an actual giving time of year, but we're going to make it a giving time of year. Let's talk about what WIT stands for. Yes. WIT stands for Wellness in the Schools. And this is a nonprofit that is very near and dear to our hearts. Um, I've been involved with them for a few years on the board of directors. And they do an annual gala, which is a lot of fun. And it's a great event. And we talk about that in a minute. But basically... The organization is dedicated to... They're nationwide and they're dedicated to teaching kids healthier habits to what they say, learn and live better. And it's really focused on nutritional education as well as physical fitness. And I think one of the things I like most about them is that it's there are a lot of, there are a lot of nonprofit organizations doing great work to improve school lunches, for example. So I'm not suggesting that these guys are the only ones doing it. But it's not just focused on nutrition. It really is kind of a holistic approach. So they're sending chefs into schools to work with the kitchens in kind of a long-term 
way to overhaul their menus in a way that is still in line with you know the the guidelines of the Department of Education. But they're also sending in coaches, and I think that's kind of something that gets overlooked often. Is like we can focus on putting a salad bar in the schools, but if the kids are literally sitting still all day, then it's not necessarily best foot forward. It's no feet forward. If it's you want zero to, feet forward. It's zero feet forward. Yeah. So they're an incredible organization. We sat down with um, Nancy Easton, who is the founder and uh, co-director as well as... Or co-founder and executive director. Nancy Easton is mm. the co-founder and executive director. And Bill Telepan, who is an incredible chef, New York City chef who's had several restaurants, including the eponymous Telepan. And now he's at Oceana, which is where we like to go and have oysters and wine. Telepan. Telepan. His next restaurant will be called Telepot. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Telefriend. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat down with Fancy Nancy and Silly Billy and got, kind of got the, the inside scoop from them on what yeah. this organization is all about. They're doing some good, good work. And one like insane stat that that is burned in my brain from this lovely talk with them is that there are 32... So this is all public schools, right? Yes. These are not private schools, obviously. But 32 million kids mm-hmm. depend on the hot lunch, the school lunch, right. as their primary meal right. for the Sometimes day. Right. their only meal their of only the day. Meal, and, and their only hot meal, for yes. sure. So WITS is setting the example of like what a real meal should look like. Yeah. Um, and they're doing a beautiful job. Yeah. I mean, they're... It's it's really integrated. I mean, they're not just like feeding to the kids, but they're actually teaching them how to make this stuff. So yeah. like, and the kids are coming home and like showing their parents, look, we made this hummus today. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's an inspiring organization. I love working with them. The gala that's coming up is super fun. And I'm encouraging everybody who's listening to lend their support, whether it's buy a ticket to come to the gala or you can bid on items that are going to be available on Charity Buzz nationwide. So you don't even have to attend the gala to actually support the organization by bidding on something. But and, if you want to go to the gala, it's really fun yeah, people watching it's because super it's, like, fun. it's delicious food. There's an auction. There's like a, a, a raffle. Yep. There's a wonderful list of ambassadors who yeah. it's really fun to, to you know rub shoulders. Yeah, they were like celebrities and food people yeah. and chefs. I mean, and it's a huge amount of food too. It's like a walk around tasting. You've got like tables from 30 of the top restaurants in New York and you can just like eat your face off. And there's alcohol too. So you and can there is alcohol too. Um, it's on April 2nd and it's here in New York City um, at Manhattan, which is an incredible new event space downtown. And it's going to be a really great event. So I would love to encourage people to go to wellnessintheschools.org and um, find out more about the organization as well as buy tickets for this awesome event. Because they are doing God's work. It is true. Okay, let's hear what Nancy and Bill have to say. So have you been cooking lately? No, I don't really like to cook. (laughs) You know what? That's not true. I like to cook. I just don't like the mess. Here's what happened. I have anxiety about the mess the moment I start thinking about cooking. Mm, Yes, that's very real. That... Do you have that? I understand it. I don't have it, but I understand why you have it. I'm so surprised that I have this. Yeah. Um, I surprise myself sometimes. I think I was that kind of person. (laughs) But no, so I like like a little help on the cooking front. Uh, Yeah. Well, I think that Hungry Root actually is a great way to help that because it's all... They do all the work for you. And it's these amazing, delicious, plant-centric meals that come straight to you. Yes. They do all of the work. I mean, they're 
prepping your vegetables, they're making the sauces for you, and they're basically sending you everything so that all you need to do is throw it on the stove. And in some cases, you don't even need to throw it on the stove and you have a meal in less than 10 minutes. And it's delicious. It is delicious. My Um, favorite thing about uh, one of their options is like, I love cauliflower fried rice, but I hate making it because to your point about the mess, it makes like an explosion in the Cuisinart or whatever food processor you're using. So um, I recently did their spinach artichoke cauliflower risotto and it was delicious and mm. there was literally no mess because the cauliflower was already riced for me. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was tasty. I've, I have to say, I like, their, I, I like all of their stuff, but my favorite is the sweet line that they have. Yes. Their and desserts are like the a, bomb. You know, I don't even have like a sweet tooth in particular. I like savory and sweet, but they have these amazing desserts that are like black bean brownie batter that mm-hmm. you can't even... You could cook it or you like you could bake it like a cookie or brownie or you could just eat it raw. Straight out the tub. Straight out the tub. No, it's, it's so, so damn good. good. I know. And it's nice because you know there's black beans at the root of the brownie batter. There's chickpeas at the base of the cookie dough. So you're actually getting some fiber. It's much lower in sugar. And it's right, nice. And the protein from that is also going to like curb the sugar, the crazy spike that totally. you would otherwise get. So totally. good job, Hungry Root. Good on Hungry Root. Yeah, they've got... I mean, it's all plant-centric, but there's something for everybody, whether it's vegan or gluten-free or nut-free or omnivore. They're actually introducing some really great protein supplements, um, which is nice because there's really something for everybody. Yeah. They're not going to put you in a box. <laughs> they're just going to put their food in a box and then they're going to deliver it to you. And it's tasty. So the good news is that our listeners can go to hungryroot.com slash HTW and they can get $25 off their first two orders. Two. That's pretty sweet. That's nice. That's generous. That's a good deal. That's kind. Yeah. I would say go check it out. Hungryroot.com slash HTW. Super excited. We've got a full house in this room today, which is a little claustrophobic, but I'm going to get over it. (laughs) Um, We are here with the amazing team behind Wellness in the Schools, which is an incredible organization. We have Nancy Easton, who is the founder and executive director of Wellness in the Schools. And we have Bill Telepan, who is executive chef of Wellness in the Schools and also executive chef of Oceana Restaurant in Midtown. Or sometimes pronounced Oceana. Depending on how Spanish you are. (laughs) Or Oceana, since there's a C in there. We got options. We got lots of options. She said it the the right proper Spanish way. You said it the improper Spanish way. (laughs) Luckily, we're going to be conducting today in English. So Nancy, you're (laughs) off the hook. Phew. Anyway. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, you guys. It is so nice to have you both here. I am a board member of this incredible organization. We are going to try to lure Zoe into the into the den of wellness. Of wellness. <laughs> yeah. Can I bring a baby in a harness? Absolutely. <laughs> to the meeting. Absolutely. And if you need the baby breastfed, we could probably help you with that too. Really? Could you help me right now? We are a wellness organization. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm in. We <laughs> love to hold babies. I'm not going to comment. That's probably best. <laughs> I, I was like, did I just set myself up? <laughs> so first and foremost, I think we both would just love to hear from both of you about your experiences in general and wellness, like how you sort of arrived here. You've obviously had very different journeys. And Nancy, why don't you tell us first how you kind of, how you got here? (laughs) Well, should we start with how you guys met? We could do that. And then we can talk about how... Actually, how we met probably tells Bill's wellness story. So maybe... You want to go first? Do you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah. So, so you know, um, at the I we our children were at PS eighty seven, which is on the Upper West Side, and um, Nancy was involved. Are you guys both New, New Yorkers? Yeah, native I live New Yorkers, no. not native. No. Okay. Um, I was I grew raised up in, in Florida, Jersey. All right. 
Chairs in the house. Anyway, um, I just uh, so I Nancy was handing it. Nancy was part of the wellness committee at PS eighty seven, which is a requirement for most schools, but they don't have them, right? So I guess Nancy and a couple of the moms who were involved in wellness in the schools, she founded it in 05, which you'll hear about later. We're working with the school food manager in the cafeteria to hand to create these sandwiches that were healthy options to the cheese sandwich or the peanut butter and jelly and sandwich. And salads too. And salads. But at the time, so they were handing out, during a parent-teacher conference, they were handing out these sandwiches. So my wife and I walked in to talk to our daughter's teacher. And I knew some of the other moms. I didn't know Nancy at the time. And they were like, hey, Bill. They knew I was a chef. Like, hey, you want to try your sandwiches? So I was like, I grabbed one of each and I eat constantly. So I shoved it in my mouth, went and talked to the teacher and then came back downstairs. And I said, hey, that was great. How can I help? And from that point on, I started attending meetings. and um, Just for the free sandwiches? Just for the free sandwiches. <laughs> Actually, we had the meetings at my restaurant at the time, <laughs> Telepan, which was nearby. Okay. And, um, and that's how we met. Ish, right? Why are you shaking yeah. your head? It's always okay, interesting, what's to, your no, yeah, <laughs> always interesting okay. to hear the different versions no, of the story. Tell us how no, 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 really the, that is pretty much it's, it's the truth. With some, you, you always you leave out what some really forget? critical details. What's well, the sandwiches de- we made, the wraps, the chicken Caesar wraps, they were really important to be. Okay, a- so you said, <laughs> "Hey, my kids are going to the school. I'm not happy with the lunches." Let me get involved. What can I do to make my own no, you she know, found healthy it, so. version? Right. Okay. Yes. So. Pretty much something along those lines. So yeah. my quick wellness story to just to to tell you how I kind of came into this is truly, you know, I got into wellness very naturally. I mean, I was raised in a home in the seventies when, you know, TV dinners and fast food was sort of the was became the norm because, you know, for whatever reason, women were going back to the workforce and but my mom was definitely actually the neighborhood called her nature lady. She, you know, oh, right. she had mom. Yeah. Good great. Job. I mean, there are way too many stories to share in this 30 minute, you know, podcast, but she had chickens to lay fresh eggs in the suburbs of Miami. Wow. Um, yeah. She Changed the um, the the athletic club, you know, candy sale. She decided that we were going to sell grapefruit and oranges one year until like <laughs> I'm sure that went over really well. They, well, they started rotting in our garage, you know, because you <laughs> see the shelf life of candy bars, you know, a whole yeah. year. So no one more. came to your house for Halloween. Right. So <laughs> no one came to our okay. house for Halloween. But you know, the truth is, a lot of the neighborhood kids would come for brand pancakes for breakfast. People did sort of take to nature lady because you know she's a little different. Anyway, nature so lady. I this was really a, a natural for me. It, it wasn't about wellness. It was just about being who this this healthy person that my family raised me to be. You know, as an athlete as a kid, I I was an an athlete in college and what'd you play? I um ran track and played soccer. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna guess so, yeah. <laughs> so now my, like I have some tennis player kid, but I uh yeah. So I played tennis but not well enough to play in college. So anyway, came to it quite naturally and then yes, fast forward to running a school of my own on the Lower East Side and Watching children come into school for you know with a bag of chips and a bottle of soda for breakfast, and the way I often tell that story is the bag of chips was you know you can't see but quite large <laughs> and orange, and the bottle of soda was also quite large and orange. And not only did they have orange fingers and orange tongues for a good part of their day, but children could really not walk a flight of stairs without having to stop to catch their breath. They couldn't focus in class. At how old? And this was a middle school. So okay. this was, and, and we were, this was, you know, in the mid nineties when no one was talking about the childhood obesity epidemic. No one was talking about wellness to mm-hmm. your theme. Um, but I really saw firsthand the impact of poor diet and lack of physical activity on children's ability to learn. And that's really why I started wellness in the schools. I mean, we were young, we were under 30. We would take the kids out hiking and stuff on weekends. We would, you know, do so much more than teach, but they could not 
walk on a hike with us. Literally, they would have to stop and Nancy, Miss Nancy, I have to sit down. And so it was just very, for me, just so unsettling. And, and so that's why I started Wellness in the Schools. And then fast forward to having kids of my own and really having the great luxury of using my own kid's school as sort of a practice place. Um, so I was a mom there and we said, let's let's try this out. And um, I was also teaching at another school where we were practicing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when we met Bill. And so I just wanted to make sure in your story that we, we all the great things that we were doing. And there we were in our... Hairnets. Yeah. Well, and our- I didn't know all those things at the time when I met you. True. So um, that's True. why my story is that way. So I, I did turn like <laughs> How, you overlooked the hairnet. I Come know. On, we need the visual. Well, I did turn like very purple, and like after he left, I'm like, "Well, who is that?" And like Bill Telepath. Oh my god! Like, did he like the chicken Caesar wrap? And I had a hairnet on a plastic apron and those gloves. You know the, the those, those latex the gloves. latex gloves. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's not how you impress a chef. <laughs> yeah, I remember so, Telepath from back in the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and how did you so how did you fund this <laughs> then we were free, hun- free breakfast at telepath <laughs> yeah, no we were literally a hundred percent volunteer and and yes yeah. when bill so we we were about three years old when we met bill and literally we had we had no staff we were all volunteering to do this but and we, we like, all still had our day jobs yeah so you know me and the original founders who have gone on to have other day jobs uh, i don't think i could keep up with the day job the free the non-paying job for those three years no. anyway so it was the three of us really mostly a lot was in theory you know there was not a lot of programming we were just thinking yeah. about what we wanted to do and so when bill came along and when we started to bring in I mean, Bill had, we had this idea with Bill really was like, cause there was a mom in the school who was going to culinary school and she, we, she said, look, I'd love to volunteer. I need to get these hours for my culinary school hours. Let, let me work in the cafeteria. And that was really the aha moment of like, oh, hire culinary school graduates and have mm-hmm. them work in schools. But the very first year we had 40 vol, yeah, but. Bill's the idea guy. <laughs> All right, let's give credit where credit is no, due. No, no, well, I want to say, like, because there was <laughs> no, a so point. You to talk. So, so oh, I wanted, no, no, because no, it's, it's, what's, what's funny is there was a point where I was going to these meetings. We would meet regularly at Telepan, talk about things, sometimes meet with the, with the administrators of the school. And I honestly, I, you know, was running a restaurant. I was very busy, you know, <laughs> just a young like, child. And I was just like, oh, you know, maybe I, you know, so I, I remember leaving <laughs> specifically. Right. You were having a meeting at Telepan. I said to them, you guys could stay here. I have to go downtown for something. And 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 I was like, in my mind, going to the tree and going to myself, <laughs> you know what? I think this is kind of like not for me. And what am I doing? I, it's not, you know, like, it's great. I want to help out. And then, and then on the train right down there is when I realized I was like, why don't I cook in the cafeteria instead of just meeting? Mm-hmm. Right. Why don't we, that could be my role. Like, let's figure out a way I can sort of cook. So I went back to them and I said, hey, I got this idea to, you know, you take your sandwiches and really let's do a day in a cafeteria. Well, I'll go in and we have these, you, you remember it differently, right? Do you? I mean, what way, so what's your I remember being Finish on the train having this thing going, I, I have this aha moment on the train going, I can cook in the cafeteria and coming back to you guys and talk, saying we're going to do idea. this. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> is lending their skills and there is no shortage. We're going to get this story straight afterwards. We do have to. Right, we will. So, we will. One of these... Okay, so what year was that? That was 2008. Eight, so we started yeah. in 2005. And 2008 was when we really okay. started to get sort of, like, what's the word I'm looking, what's the expression I'm looking for? 2008 was the year that... Yeah, uh, some traction. Yeah, some tra- and then, and then the crisis hit, right? 2008? 
You mean in terms? Of, you, you keep going back to the fundraising, don't you? Well, no, yeah, there was no, no, there was no real fundraising at that, or needed at the time. And no, it was, yeah. it was, it was all volunteer based. But so, yeah, so just back to how this worked. And, well, and, you know what I'm trying to get on, I think, is that you know, just this subject is, I think, it's close to home for so many people, and so yeah. many people are sort of at a loss for how they can get involved. Okay, and so you know, when people want to contribute, it's sort of like, I mean, that's an, an amazing story. Yes. You're like, I, I figured it out, I did it, I provided this amazing food for these children, you know. Erica and I in Blueprint, we had a company that was, you know, a healthy juice beverage company. And we wanted to lend our services, our time, our money, our products to schools. And we were just shut out, shut out, shut mm-hmm. out. So like, right. there just proved to, to be so much more well, red tape we, involved and, yeah. and efforts yeah. and, and all of that. We had a little bit of luck, I think. And, uh, and but you want to... No, I you finish your story. Finish no, your I guess. So my thought, I think, well, I... <laughs> see, I... I I have like, like my sisters will come to me. Do you remember this? I'm like, no, I don't remember. I have the, the worst memory. But anyway, so the way I remember is that we decided we were going to cook in the cafeterias. Once we basically decided we we're going to cook in the cafeterias, it went off well. We were in three schools. We we got the we got the uh, big uh, recipe book from the school food. And, and from there, we developed the vegetarian chili recipe. I redid it. Um, and then we also did the sandwiches one day. And then we did a salad bar day, right? Do you remember that? Is it, am I telling it wrong? Yeah, uh, right. You should you tell us. Right, right. right. And so from there, we went to, to the other two schools that you were involved in at the time, one in Inwood and one on, on 92nd Street. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there, we went, you decided we were going to go into five more schools. And we did brought those days there. And all that year, during that course of the year, I developed other recipes that we can sort of do in the cafeteria so that by the end of the year, we had a basically a month monthly menu we could use. And Nancy had this great idea to you know, sort of take the model of Teach for America and we bring in culinary stu- students to help us. Plus we had a whole slew of volunteers to help us at the time. And then, and at that point, I mean, were the schools, they were open to it? Did you get some pushback? Did you get real, any kind of resistance? One thing, and then you, you could talk, but I, we got this great article in Edible. I got this great article in Edible Manhattan about, I got a call from a writer saying, oh, I want to talk to these, um, I'm talking to these chefs who are doing things in schools. Can I talk to you about what you're doing? I told her about the school. She said, it's, unbelievable can i do the whole story about you we got this great article no right and yeah. about wellness in the schools um and it was this huge thing and so we kind of like had them you know we had them just that they couldn't like couldn't kick us out because this article right, right. and next thing i know is getting all these calls from people and you know about inquiring like what we were doing but then we had this we went Go, go ahead from there. I, I'm tired of talking. I feel like I'm talking. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try tired. to. I'm going to go back. I'm the linear person in the family. <laughs> yeah, thank so you. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to try to answer some of the questions. Well, um, I'm the creator, but I really you know. appreciate Zoe's question about you know the call to action and how you can help, and I will get to that. But just and but to quickly answer your question, Erica, was the resistance? Is it hard? It was hard for you to get blueprint right. to give away your time and your money. Abs- the answer is yes, 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 and yes. Particularly. 13 years ago? I mean, I can't right. even do the math. Yeah. We were crazy. We were absolutely crazy. Then you were crazy when you started Blueprint, right? And now, like, you're these, these heroines. Everyone wants to have a cleanse and whatever else. So, and now, and so now it's not as hard for sure. When we talk about wanting to feed children healthy in school, people were like, oh, that's a great idea. Whereas back then, like, right. are you kidding you're me? Total children don't first. want that. Right. Mm. Children only want to eat chicken fingers and blah, blah, blah. Still hear that. So just, just to ground this in our vision, it's like, you know, our vision, our mission, our vision is to end childhood obesity. And why do we go to schools? Because we have a captive audience of 32 million children in this country who rely on that school lunch. Poverty and obesity are linked. And that one hot lunch, we thought, may not tip the scales in obesity, but really needs to set an example. Mm-hmm. 
So where I'm, I'm, I want to contradict Bill is that we always knew we wanted to change school lunch. We didn't. We had no idea how. We well, had true. no that's idea true. how. Yes. Right. And I thank you for bringing your chef skills. Say, right. here's how. Right. Right. We have right. these people in culinary school. So you actually gave me that credit, but it's your idea. Anyway, so so that is you know sort of why we're in schools. And yes, it's absolutely, it's still hard. Even with the, the sea change in this world, it's very hard. And the call to action piece, I mean, volunteers for sure. We have, you know, all of our schools, kids love adults who want to help them eat better. And the adults, it's such a rewarding experience when people come to work with us in schools and they see the kids like devouring kale and learning how to cook. So, mm. so the centerpiece is the cafeteria and the, and the school lunch, but then we have all these education programs around the lunch, cooking classes, nutrition classes. And in those classes, it's great to have volunteers help us. And we cook recipes that are in the cafeteria. Sorry. And then of course, of course, we'll take it. We want to grow. We, you know, you, we right. have great programming and we have now several models to grow, funding to support that growth. You know. Well, and I think something that's important to point out uh, that really differentiates WITS, Wellness in the Schools, um, is that there are a number of organizations that are dedicated to this, right? Which is amazing because obviously we like that rising tide. Right. Um, but I think that's something that's too two important pieces. One, that this is about long-term. This is not about sending somebody in for like a day or two to teach you about kale or like pizza, it's a vegetable kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you never hear from them again. Like there really is sort of a long systemic uh, yeah. program element to this, which I think is what actually does instill that sense of change. And I think the other piece that's worth mentioning, and I want, you know, you guys to really elaborate on this is the the fitness component, because yes, it's not just you. the food piece of it, which is super important, but equally important is to get kids moving and is to kind of inspire these sort of healthier recess opportunities that are right now are sadly kind of dormant in most yeah, schools. Exactly. And so just to back up for one moment, because I started with the question of how did you guys meet? And then we kind of <laughs> skipped over the question of what is wits? Right. So <laughs> could we actually just get like the, the the definition, you know, what is the actual program? What is wits? What does it stand for? What does it do? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for leading into that, both of you. So Wellness in the Schools is a national nonprofit based in New York City where we are, our big vision is to fight childhood obesity. And we do that by bringing chefs and bringing coaches, fitness coaches into schools and run programming around that. And um, we are one of the few organizations, as Erica said, that looks at both nutrition and fitness as sort of the two sides of one coin to fight childhood obesity or to fight, fight obesity. And so we have these great change agents working in public schools to make that happen. Yeah, that's amazing. And so how do, so how do they stay engaged long-term? Like what does it look like inside the school cafeteria on yeah. a day-to-day basis? Well, I think the one thing that really, we're in there in our, in our main program, we're in there three for three years, right? So the first year we have a cook in the cafeteria and a coach there pretty much every day. Um, and then the second year is twice a, twice a week. And then the third year, once a week. And so basically what happens is we're changing the culture by just sort of being there all the time and talking about it and, and just, it becomes part of their lives. Right. And so, and they're learning, they're doing cooking classes or which are teaching them foods that they're going to eat in the cafeteria. And they get excited about that kids to really take ownership about, um, about learning to cook. And, and when they, it was kind of like, that was our best marketing tool to get them to eat the food. Um, and in terms of like the, what I see in the recess yard too, is like, they, they actually get excited about seeing the coach there now. So they're mm. actually doing these games and, 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 and they're excited and they just get excited and expect them to be there. And then, and then from there on, it's like when they're not there in the second and third year, they're sort of used to that. And of course they're going to try the kale because they know that they want to tell the, 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 co- the cat, the coach or the cook that, yeah, you know what? I know you weren't here, but I still had my salad there. So, mm-hmm. but the, the thing is, is like, you know, going back to the culture change, it's like what I really, there was one point for me that I like to tell people where 
it really changed. Like you could see that it's really happening is we were in this one school that we've been in for a couple of years and teachers to- doing a salad dressing class. And, and that one class is, uh, she asked at one point of the class, she asked, you know, what's, what are the benefits of olive oil? Can you tell me what the benefits of olive oil are? Oh, you're asking yeah. me? <laughs> um, anti-inflammatory. We're okay, talking so about like, ro- yeah. Right, so you yeah. know this, but yeah. these kids in the middle of the Lower she East Side. She better know this. Yeah, yeah. she better know this. <laughs> I'm like, knew the answer. So that's, but, it was this epiphany. I was like, oh my gosh, this really works. The culture yeah. is, is changing. And so p- kids are, you know, are, you know, these kids who go through our program, you know, they know the fitness element. They know the healthy eating part and how important it is for them. Yeah. Well, and I think what's also fun and interesting about that is that kids like to be like teachers to their peers, right? Mm-hmm. So right. some kid who knows about, you know, active recess and how to do these like burpees and knows about yeah. anti-inflammatory properties of olive oil, he just like wants to tell his friends. Right. And so yeah. they kind of indoctrinate each other to kind yeah. of spread this this mes- message and mission. So what kind of food are they eating? Like, so what mm-hmm. did they eat and what do you, what are you trying to get them to eat? Yeah. And just to quickly add, and I'll also answer your question to what Bill said in terms of this long-term systemic change. And I like use that word systemic. The, the systemic change is really changing that school lunch menu and also changing the recess structure so that it's one that is more, that children can be more active. And it's, it certainly can be controlled chaos at some point, but we're making these changes up front so then that they can last forever. So essentially the goal of the menu, and you might want to, you should probably add more on the menu, but we have a list of sort of 10 goals for what a wellness in the schools cafeteria looks like. Mm-hmm. The first is that a salad bar is added to the cafeteria if it's not already. And New York City's done a great job on that with and without us. Um, and a salad bar is just a great, especially if a kid, it's, it's a great default. It's a great thing to have, but it's also a great default if you don't like any of the lunch and the lunch line that you can always go to that salad bar. And we create homemade salad dressings and the squirt bottle so the kids can always go up and get, and it's typically, it's nothing fancy. It's, you know, two lettuces, three other raw vegetables, and then some composed salad. So there's always that salad bar that you can put your, your homemade dressing on. Um, but then the, the bigger, you know, menu is that we work to eliminate most of the processed food. So you don't have mozzarella sticks and chicken fingers and Jamaican beef patties on a wellness in the schools menu. It's actually now called the alternative menu, which hopefully is the norm one day. Mm -hmm. Um, You won't have that and you'll have more meals made from scratch. So you'll have, you know, homemade chicken cacciatore. Again, we're not talking free range, organic, hormone free, right. blah, blah, blah. Although that's baby steps. Although honestly, in 13 years, we there is yeah. now an antibiotic free chicken yeah. um or, or on the on the menu or in the in the pro, in the procurement list in many cities. So that we have seen that happen over the years. Um, but it's it's real food, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a chicken on the bone, comes frozen, and, and what do we offer? Bill and his team create different rubs, different spices, different sauces that can go on that chicken. Um so homemade meals. Yeah, and veg- I mean, then we train the coach- cooks to prepare vegetables better because often, you know, the, this this you know they'll have broccoli, but it may be you know not, there's nothing greater than a perfectly shocked broccoli, and nothing worse than an overcooked broccoli, and so to get right. kids to to really enjoy <laughs> enjoy their vegetables, we teach we train on how to nothing prepare worse them. except for well, that becomes be about <laughs> right. what we call like in a restaurant. You have to we get the meat. It's called mise en place. So you have ready, and how do you create? How do you create uh, a vegetarian chili for 800 kids? You can't come in that morning and do it. You have to start two days before chopping up the vegetables, maybe cooking it, starting cooking it while you're doing other things so that when you come in the next day, it's ready to go and keep that rotation going. So we, that's one of the big, biggest things. It's not just teaching them how to cook or do that broccoli, but also like, hey, I, you know, I got this coming up. How do I get ready? How it's like, we, you know, we have a big yeah. party coming up in two days you know, at Oceana, we have to get ready for it. You can't just walk and say, all right, we're going to do this type thing. So So it's actually cool that you're inspiring kids not only to 
learn to really embrace and enjoy these foods by making it, but potentially also creating like a new generation of healthy cooks yeah. and people that want to yeah, go more right. into food now that they right. actually have like unlocked this code. Right. Yeah. And then take, you know, so learn, excited and then it. the cooks in the cafeteria, some of them who've been around for, you know, 20, 25 years, they're like, they'll say to us, oh, we used to scratch cook 15 years ago. This is great. And then to see that them. That was 25 years ago. Yeah, no, to see them. That was, that was that's true. That was, Eight years ago, I remember somebody saying that. You used to that. say that. <laughs> but seeing them like get excited or create their own things. Like I remember doing one at the cafe day, the very first cafe day where we did the salad bar with the chicken and the, and the cook in the cafeteria at PS87 made her version of the rice, which mm-hmm. was really tasty. And it was so, mm-hmm. and you know, you sort of, you know, see them take ownership of yeah. it and, and it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So. And that's one, uh, you know, talk about sort of how we do all this. Bill described the flagship model where we have a cook, we have our cook in there five days, two days, one day. We also have a cook camp model, which is such a beautiful model. We cook bring, camp? Cook camp. Okay. Like so camp. we did like a boot camp for chefs. So mm-hmm. we bring these chefs um, outside of their kitchen and we treat the chefs from the, from the, the school cooks. From the school right. cafeteria, yes. you're bringing them outside. Yes. And this year um, we, we launched a pilot at ICE um, in Super Culinary Education here in the Lower West Village. Nice. And it was, first of all, we treat them royally. This is like a place for them to be outside of their day job and to learn some great skills. And, but we start the session, it's a three day session of, of just learning to cook, the mise en place, everything Bill just described. But the, we start the session with the one question of how the childhood obesity epidemic has impacted you or someone in your life. And it's so raw and Oof. so great. And it really just yeah. sets the tone for these amazing, amazing. three days. Because yes, we want to teach them how to cook and how and to understand their mise en place. But if they don't understand the why of this work, mm-hmm. yeah. it really means nothing. At the end of the day, they go home and it doesn't mean anything. So it's been, those that's have been really powerful. Work. It is so powerful. I mean, that's such a, I mean, I was... So this is obviously available for everyone, like people who are kids who are eligible for school lunch and those who are not. Well, we are only in public schools. Oh, you're only in public schools. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I was eligible for, I mean, I was like super poor growing up. Yeah. Violence. And then I had, you know, I was like eligible for full uh, free school lunch. You were one of the 32 million. Uh, yeah. And I had, you know, I, it was just sort of this like, this moment that's so burned in my brain where I figured out like the difference between like people who had money and people who didn't. So it was like the kids who brought their school lunch that was like this beautifully like prepared, you know, turkey sandwich, like with the fruits and the vegetables and like a nice, home, you mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it was like organized and pretty and delicious. And I was like, with my, my ticket going up in line and getting my fluffernutter sandwich <laughs> mm-hmm. and like some nasty ass, like, you know, fruit cup in a tin syrup yeah yeah and mm. syrup and just like disgusting and i was like oh those are also the kids who have like really nice clothes and i was just like this <laughs> huge uh-huh divide yeah. yeah and i was like oh food is like a really big deal and it really it, it's a class issue mm-hmm. you know and, mm-hmm. it, and it really sticks with you and that's the thing i mean it's like you know food is so we're really learning now and you guys are probably seeing this too is that like how food has really become important to health i mean it's really like i mean it sounds silly what I just said, but it's like how, but how like, you know, kids are, if kids are eating potato chips and chicken fingers for lunch and then having, you know, a, a fast food hamburger for dinner and then waking up and having sugary cereal, they're not getting any nutrition into their bodies. Right. So they're just, you know, it's just going, it, they're just heading down this path where you would think that um, in, in political things, like you would want to treat our children well, all children, right. You want yeah. them to eat well. 
And this way, you know, they have an opportunity to get out of those mm-hmm. situations that they're in, their families are in, and that could be, then they could be in those situations for many, many reasons. And, and like you said, you're, you know, you're eating a fruit cup and a flipper, another sandwich, you know, yeah, I was, was kind, of, kind of the same way for me too. I was yeah. like, but you know, we, we were on that cusp where we're, my dad might have made just a little too much in his factory too for us to get right, free lunch. Right, so, right. you know, we would either pay or I'd bring my own lunch. But, but that's what makes it so infuriating yeah. is that it's really become emblematic of this like, right. class question. Yeah. And yeah. it really should be a basic human right mm-hmm. to have fresh right. food. And like, it's amazing. Something in fresh, New York, something real. In New York yeah. now, it's all, it's a universal free lunch. So yeah. everybody can have it. So there's no yeah. stigma attached. If, right. You know. yeah, I think it's I mean, important to point out. It's this yeah. year in New York City, thanks to a group called Free Lunch for All and, and actually a lot of other groups, a lot of lots of other individuals. Um, every child in New York City is is allowed to have a free lunch, which is like so mind for the for the reason yeah. exactly yeah. that you described. Yeah. Because it's it is such a class issue in school, yeah, and social suicide and all of those oh, things. That really, well, right. it just creates yet another divide. Because yeah. to your point, it's not only that they have like nicer clothes and a fancy car, but that they have a nicer lunch. And that is like, that blows my mind. And I remember so there was up. this one, I, there, there was a moment in, um, it was probably like first or second grade where a teacher had to actually have a conversation with the entire class. This is like how, it's so crazy. That six years, had to have a conversation with the entire class about the kids. Like there's no begging, right? So guys, the lunch table don't like pester the other kids for like their food, oh like their God. snacks. Not in like oh. a I'm starving like no, t- like but... Tiny Tim way, but in a way that was like, you know, like your food's better than mine. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this relentless, like these kids are like having to like defend their like, oh. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's a big deal, obviously. It but is a big deal. Anyway. But it's yeah. amazing. I mean, that has stuck with you for oh my how God. many years, oh, yeah. you know? So and it's long. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big moment. <sighs> Well, I mean, Sorry, we could, to I was going to say, I mean, we Great have to sort of happening. like touch on the obvious, which is like you guys are doing this amazing work in, which is, I think, special and unique in itself in the wellness community. But obviously the impact that it's having on the larger, you know, community and our, our society. I mean, I feel like you must have had, you're, you're fighting a battle every day, it feels like, to actually kind of get through some of the bureaucracy and bullshit that's associated with this. I mean, you have the Department of Education actually on your side, right? Which yeah, absolutely is enormous. Mm-hmm. But are well, there other challenges and hurdles that you feel like our current climate are, are sort of creating roadblocks? Um, well, I, I first want to just add to the positive, and that's often <laughs> my personality. Um, that is that you know that now back in the day it was you know we were developing this relationship with the New York City Department of Education, and they are the largest fee- provider of food in this country, second to the military. They serve wow. 1.1 million children every single day. So that relationship has been really so important to our success. But, but and, you know, we were always sort of just sort of trying, and in the early days, kind of almost like forcing, because we were the crazies, you know, forcing this on them. Come on, come on, come on. And now it's it's obviously a great partnership. But now it's it's um, it's the flip side districts are coming to us and we have a wait list and they're right. asking if we cannot keep up with the demands of districts wanting this work. So what which is, is the great. issue? So why, why can't you keep up I with mean, the demands? I mean, we want to be strategic about, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we want, we need to make sure, we want to be strategic about our growth and not just grow for the sake of growing. Well, we want to be smart about it and yeah. make sure we have the right staff in place. And, and, and that's, that's why we have the boot camps thin. available, yeah. right? You know, which camps helped. is definitely one way to get more staff trained with fewer resources. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so we're just, we're in that place right now of big strategic thinking about our growth. And 
Yeah, we will. We, we, we're accepting proposals or we're giving proposals and then we'll see, you know, what, what we can handle each year. Mm-hmm. All right. So challenges still in the current climate, and we don't rely on a lot of government funding, which is great. I know a lot of our peers in the space have, you know, the AmeriCorps funding or whatever else, which ended up being a little better than they thought. But because our government funding has, was never a big piece of our fundraising pie, we haven't felt too much of a tick. I mean, the, you know, with the Obamas out of the White House, I mean, Michelle Obama was such an advocate, and she still is, but she was more than such an advocate and a spokesperson for this movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, her Let's Move initiative, mm-hmm. her, you know, wanting to, you know, essentially our mission, you know, uh, ending child yeah. obesity in the, in the next 10 years, which isn't done yet. But so so having her there and having so many programs around that, like the Chef's Move to School movement was something that she started with Let's Move. And we were on the task force and we helped create that. And, recent, and so when any chef comes to work with us, we have, um, quote unquote, celebrity chefs partner with all of our schools. So we do have our staff that works in the school who are also chefs, but then chefs like Bill come and do cafe days and get the kids excited. So whenever a chef is partnered with a school, we had we used to have them sign up through Chefs Move and put their zip code in and you know connect their school. And this year we went to do that and didn't exist anymore. Mm. So we're seeing that kind of, you know, tenor. And of course the whole pizza's a vegetable tenor is, is bigger than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But we are you know, kind of those folks that are in the trenches and yeah. still doing this mm-hmm. work, and we see the the victories, and we're we're happy every day. Pretty you much, you are doing God's work. <laughs> well, I think I think there's it goes. It, what's happening now is that it'll allow people. It's, it's easier to say, well, you know what, kids kids just want chicken fingers, and we'll just give them chicken fingers. And I think we what what we have seen um, and and have now built up this this sort of this movement of people saying like, no, we want to feed our kids. I'm seeing that change in just the way people are talking or, you know, the people who would never really think about food as being important, talking about it as like, oh, I'm changing my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, you know, the whole, I'm changing my lifestyle. And that's great. So like, let's go with it. All right. So you could say, what you yeah. <laughs> kind of cracks me up, but I'm saying, but you, but people like we go to smoking, right. You know, I was a big smoker. So back in the day. And, but when I was a kid, it you know it was kind of like expected for you to smoke, except if you yeah, had a, you know, except if, if you if, lived in nature, 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 house, house and your aunts. <laughs> okay. So, but you know, uh, go fast forward to when my niece was sort of like in high school. She, you know, it was you don't do it anymore. You know, so green markets the same way. But you know, twenty years ago, nobody would go to a green market. Now they're flooded with people going buying stuff and buying locally. So I see this move into healthy eating, fighting obesity as and 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 exercising um, as being coming the norm. You know, and so we have that sort of like, even though like the current administration is like sort of trying to take, put, you know, go back, it's, it's people well, still want to move still forward. you can do so. your own thing on, exactly. on a personal level. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so then, like, what is an executive chef? Did you ever pack your kids lunch? I pack my daughter lunch every day. You do? Okay. Yeah. So what does an executive chef pack for his kids lunch? Still. You're like, wait a minute. Isn't she like 15? <laughs> this morning. She's a junior in high she school. She could make her own, but you know, I don't, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing, all right? Well, I, I'll not only make her lunch, but I also make my wife's oh lunch my at yeah. the same so time. So what's in everyone's lunch we box? We all want to be I living in Seriously. <laughs> so, well, t- they basically, each day they get, a bag of cucumbers, carrots, and radishes. Raw. Every day. That's Every day. like the base. Yeah. That's, Even, that's a bag. You mean not seasonal vegetables? It's just cucumbers, carrots, raw. and radishes. Oh, those all year round. Yeah, no, it's all year round. That's okay, kind of it. I'm going to change it. The local staff doesn't oh, okay. change it for the season. I, wow. I, I, no, occasionally I'll throw in the raw green bean. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's, so, okay. okay. Sorry. So, so we so, got crudite. So we got crudite. And then there's apple. So they each get a half an apple. Okay. Half an apple. Half an apple. You're going to let it oxidize? You're not just going to leave it whole? Okay. Fine. No lemon? There's no, there's no lemon. 
It, like okay, my, so they get half my of thing, easy lady. No, so my thing is like <laughs> if, if it turns brown, brown right? Let's but be it's specific. yeah, but it's it's that's nature. Okay, so why what is it, is it brown I apple worse than a white apple with lemon all on it? I agree with you're, you. You're changing the flavor of the it. The ugly right? fruit is just as good. Exactly. Uh, okay. No, I'm just all right. So then, my ten year old will only eat it sliced with lemon. I just want you all to know that. Fancy And then there's the berry end. So it's strawberries and blueberries. A uh, little packet of each. My wife has it with yogurt. My daughter. So we're eats talking it. about your family and not the rabbits that also live in your house. No, right? I swear to God, this is Pigs what they want. That's That's what they eat. There's no protein. Oh, and then comes okay. the he's sandwich. Not, not finished. I'm not finished. Then comes the sandwich, which is pretty much for my daughter. Uh, we buy Amy's sourdough bread, which is amazing. Okay. And then, cool. um, and then they'll have either pecorino. Leah will have a pecorino romano sandwich slices. <laughs> They have the specific cheeses. <laughs> Locatelli. There's actually like that. You didn't get the Locatelli this time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry. Dude. Oh my god. And then my wife will have um Pecorino also and Jarlsberg cheese. Jarlsberg. Love it. And then or then they get turkey sandwiches and Leah will have um cheddar on hers and Beverly will have Jarlsberg on hers. And so. condiments. Unbelievable. Uh mustard for my wife. Thank you. She'll get she'll get a packet of mustard. That, oh, just that a I'll, packet. I'll fill it. You're yeah. not gonna do any schmearing? No, it? no schmear. She likes okay. to do it dipping later. So we have and my a, wife brings wow. my wife will bring <laughs> Ladies, salt. We're screwed. I know. <laughs> my wife has a salt grinder at work. I got her for Christmas and so actually <laughs> for the radishes. The, the problem is it's gonna be Leah. Like she's never gonna meet a man who's gonna that live up true. to her father <laughs> making her lunch. I mean, that come on, let's just be honest here. And then there's the the weekly meal plan. Plan that we have. <laughs> this is, what is the meal show? <laughs> what is the weekly meal plan? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do that on another show. All right, okay. your kids bring back. Actually, bring I back. think that Bill did sort of steal the weekly meal plan from Wallace in the schools because we do do talks for parents to yeah. teach them how to better, you know, no, no, feed I, their I, children. I did it because we did it basically to help our babysitter out of time to say like she was like what was to make. So it would be like so I we came up with a, a, a week. I think I did it first. All right, back okay. to the beginning. <laughs> we like, teach it's our, Monday. It's we teach our parents to have a schedule so that it, yes. then within that yes. schedule you can create, and right. it makes life a little easier and it makes it less overwhelming when you're trying to plan meals for your children. Well, that's a thing that happens. I at can't home. stand it. Right? I can't no, stand no. But you, you should, you should just like I. We do. We just basically write a menu out. And you can write a menu. We do it at work with our staff meal because it can, you know, well, you don't want to. You organize. So again, it's it goes back it's to it goes back to mise en place. What what we're trying to teach the That's cooks true. also. So why not teach the parents? It's like you have your like I. What I do every week is I cut up a bag of vegetables and I have the veg in the in there all week. They're washed, they're cleaned, they're ready for them to cook with it. Then we have a couple meals ready. Whether it's like I make something in the morning, like today was. Hummus and tzatziki day. Yeah. Good God. You know, it's just a good life skill at the end of the day. Right? It it's a great even... life skill, but you know, it can be overwhelming and scary. And I think that's why people don't cook, right? They yes. watch these cooking shows now who are, and they're doing all these fancy things and they're like, there's no way I could do that. And they're sitting and they and they don't cook. And it's so easy. It's like, basically, you know, we talk, we've done cooking classes about like how to roast chicken, you know, and what you can do with a roasted chicken. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, you know, like I remember when we went to Kentucky to teach the teacher, we did a teach a teacher lesson and I was doing, remember when I did the chickens and I said, Hey, who wants to help me butcher these two chickens? And I'm holding them up. And it was the two guys, like women, the, none of the women wanted to touch a kid, right. chicken anymore. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, like 50 years ago, it was like, the, you know, when we go kill the chicken, bring it home and honey, we're having chicken tonight, you know, type thing, you know, and, it's true. but, and now it becomes like the weekend warrior guy thing. You know what I mean? Like I want. I'm gonna get a yeah. piece right, of meat. Right. I'm gonna cut 
cut it up and then, you know, smoke it and, and nobody, but other you than that, what it's just breasts or whatever. So, you know. yeah. So anyway. All right. So, Nancy, so it is over. What, what did you I kill for your kids' lunchbox? I really can't follow that, but, um, I, here's the thing. It actually just happened this morning. I have a very creative husband and there's no way in hell that I put him, if I put him on a schedule that he's going to follow it. So, and he actually, to full disclosure, my two big kids, we did not pack their lunch. I still have a 10 year old. And Andy, I am the one running around in the morning, getting ready to get out the door really fast and tr- getting my workout in. So Andy does breakfast and packs the lunch. And so it's it varies. There's no schedule to our lunch, but there's always fruit and vegetable in there. Right. Yeah. The apple is cut with lemon. With lemon. The vegetables, you know, one of our big tips for, from Wits, I think it's my tip, Bill thinks it's his, is to teach our parents to um, cut their vegetables, you know, cut, wash and cut their vegetables um, on a time when you have, a play time when you have the time. So right. whether it's on a Sunday or a Monday night, whenever it's your time, so you have it in your bags ready to go and you can take them out for whatever you're going to do with them, roast them, put them in your kid's lunchbox. So Zane does get vegetables and then there's some, he's not the biggest sandwich guy. So sometimes he'll get cheese and turkey roll up or, yeah. you know, I'll just get yeah. something to go with it. But that's Andy's thing. And I sometimes, Often micromanage while I'm getting ready for work. Really? <laughs> She's I, about I'm like, so not you. Maybe, honey, maybe you should put some flax in that smoothie. <laughs> oh, where's the flax? I can't find the flax. But the it's point the being, the like, on the left side. No, sorry. But you're <laughs> absolutely walking the walk, which is the important thing here. So, and to so that end, so what are what are you doing? What's your workout that you're not available to make your kids laugh? <laughs> <laughs> We want to oh, know because you have amazing okay, arms, so which I feel like everybody we're in the studio and nobody can see that you have like Michelle Obama yeah, worthy arms. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I like being compared to Michelle. Obama. Yes, everybody should. Um, so this morning I actually did have a <laughs> sort of embarrassed. I do a lot of swimming, biking, and running. That's sort of my thing, what I've done for many, many years. But I do meet one of my closest friends weekly for three rounds of the seven minute workout. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I run to the park, meet her at the bench. It's more like chatting away. We do our three, our seven minute workout. We actually, it's seven minute workout is 30 seconds on 10 seconds off. Ours is, we, you can, I don't know if you know this, but you can adapt the app and ours is 45 seconds on 10 seconds off. And then we do it three times. And on her 60th birthday, we actually did 60 seconds on 10 seconds off. I think we only do that once, maybe yeah, twice. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> anyway, so that was it. sort of that's yeah. my little like weightlifting workout of the week because um, it's all it's all, uh, it's all high intensity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all those sort of old school things that you know. I am like I've never been to a gym. It's not true. I have been. But I don't really go to a gym. I'm so old school. So the seven minute workout was just like perfect yeah. for me. Sit ups and push ups and side planks and yeah. s- uh, dips on the bench and yeah. you know step up onto a chair and lunges yeah. and these are I mean that's real. Jacks, you yeah. know that's like what you, everybody can do. Right? Yeah. And you can do exactly. it anywhere. Yeah. Where, where are you going swimming? Oh, so I I do have this great luxury to live in a building that has a there's pool. a pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, but mm-hmm, I don't do it mm-hmm. that often because, you know, the hair thing. I know. Just, See, I would love to do swimming if I had, you know, that would be my top pick. But yeah. it's just the hair. It's a yeah. it's, It really it's is. I, I mean, this is, you know. I had the hair problem. I mean, I, it's, you know, it's like you don't even know the luxury. It sounds like so, you know, so superficial and so ridiculous and, no, and so external. But it's, I think it's... I, as a working woman, it's a very important thing. It's very hard to do. Well, it adds Absolutely. so much time to your day yeah, to have hour. to deal with yeah. that. You're yeah. Yeah. Walk I mean, you, and you I can't, can't go to a big meeting with like frizzy hair. my hair yeah. after I come out of the pool. It's like, I mean, it sticks up all the time. If I'm we were like, on TV, you would see that Bill is missing hair in the front of his head. <laughs> Not much. It's, there. it's still there. So it makes him a much faster swimmer. Yeah. Much I'm speed. Well, I wouldn't say I'm speedy, but it's terrible. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> 
Do you want to get in get into some just speed round questions? Totally. <laughs> uh oh. Are you guys bill. ready? No. <sighs> just kidding. Oh, what is the worst thing anyone has ever said to you in business? What? Why do you think you can change school food? Why are you doing this? Basically, like, like you, yeah, you, like, like, like who? Yeah, what's your who background? Are you, yeah, yeah, who are you? To who say? are you to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a funny one, right? Yeah, it's like, well, aren't all change makers kind of just random people who uh-huh. are like, hey, I had this idea? Yeah, the worst part is I had no answer for that. I like kind of look purple and like, I don't know. Oof, that's a <laughs> yeah, tough one. <laughs> Won't prize at that? <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. There is no answer to that. Yeah. Mine we, was, mine was what, how, you know, I put that on the menu. I could make that at home. Hmm. And then I said to them, well, go ahead, make it. Yeah. See if it tastes the same. It's like going to a museum and being like, I could I could do that. that. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> um, which I often think, but would never <laughs> say. Like, <laughs> Erica? Well, I think one of our favorite questions is um, who is at the table at your fantasy dinner party? I hate this question. No, you should. I love this question. This one you should have just like a really quick answer. I do. But do you want to go first? You know, I would. Okay, go, go, go. No, you go, go. You go, go. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I I want to just say that I'm glad you gave us this question in advance because it it has so many cliche answers, right? I could do Gandhi and MLK and Michelle Obama, as we talked about earlier. But I really got to think, I was like, I can't give the cliche answer. So I actually thought about this. And I, and this is something that's happened to me recently. When I was a teacher teaching 10, 11 year olds, and um, they're now 30 something, I would love to sit at the table with them right now. And this was, I was working in very high poverty communities and uh, community. And I love, so I, we recently had a reunion where I saw a few of them and got to hear their stories. And I wanted to hear more and more and more of those stories. And particularly how, and let me tell you, 99% of the children live below the poverty line. I mean, it, I want to hear, and they're all now, you know, cops and chefs and single moms. And, you know, they ran the gamut. Probably the ones who didn't, quote unquote, make it weren't there. But I'd love to hear sort of how did they get themselves out of poverty? These are kids who are living in the projects with single parents. And I, you know, I work in this space because it's it's mission driven. And I we feed kids well because we want them to be productive adults. And I, I would love to talk to my kids to hear like, what, is, is there secrets? Is there an answer? There's no silver bullet I know, but... I'd love to hear their journeys. Well, that might not be a fantasy dinner party. That might just be like a good goal for next year is get all those kids at the same table. Well, it is a great goal. And one great story is that um, just yesterday we hired a former student of mine. She was was 12 years old when I met her. She's 32 years old now. And she's going to be one of our program coordinators. It's a very emotional hire for me. Yeah. And she's been in the space. She's worked in the space. And it's it's going to, hopefully, I have like a a lot weighing on this hire. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, don't screw it up. (laughs) No. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long answer. No, it's a great answer because you said, like, you know, well, like I I've answered it. this a couple of times, and, and I was in Mar- Melanie Dunay's uh, book called The Last Supper, the second one I was in, and we answered it. And, and uh, you know, I had the, uh, you know, ran the, um, you know, usual, like I'd love to have Abraham Lincoln and Tom York from Radiohead and Will Farrell and, <laughs> and, and you know, um, all those these people together in a room. But it's funny, like, when you were talking, I was thinking about this. What I would love to do is actually go back to when my grandparents and, mm-hmm. and have dinner with them and my and their family and see what they were like to see how both sides, you know, like together to see where I came from and how mm-hmm. I became who I am. 
you know. And so that'd be kind of interesting to do. I that, love that dinner you know? party. Yeah, what's, on, like, so, what's on the menu? You'd have to let them decide. It, Hungarian? No, no, it has to be. No, no. I think what I would do is is sort of cook the way I cook now for them mm. to sort of see like you know because they ate a certain way right. and to sort of like you know do the lobster bolognese for them. Have them do a. I would have them do a formal dinner mm-hmm. where I would cook like you know the thing Bill Telepan's greatest hits and and uh, so and you'd be so, slurping oysters with your great grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, totally. Connect yeah, them. yeah. So. <laughs> that's so good. But, uh, but that's cool. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that's going to be my answer for now. Thanks, Nance. <laughs> Just sure. like I learned how to do the bag of veg from her, now I have my, my question. Yeah, but when you answer next time, you will not give me credit. I know that. <laughs> you, ah, I had this great You idea. know I'm not going to, all right? <laughs> you guys are a very good complimentary uh. team. <laughs> I'm silly and she's fancier. (laughs) (laughs) Philly's silly and Nancy fancy. Fancy Nancy. Um, Okay. Okay. Well, thank you guys for coming and talking. (laughs) Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. One big thing. www.wellnessintheschools.org. You'll get all the information about us, how to donate, how to volunteer, what's going on, what our next events are. We're going to have a big fall harvest dinner sometime in the fall when we decide on a date. Look at the website. (laughs) Get on our mailing list. See what you could do to change your school tips, recipes for your families. All these great things on there. Workout tips. Workout tips. I mean, come on. Nancy's 24-minute right? workout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Exactly. We're going to have to photograph your arms. <laughs> It'll just be we that. that. That's the only photo. We will make sure that everybody goes to the website and okay. does anything they can to support it because we love you guys and we yeah. want to see this. You guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah. for this opportunity. That was fun. Yeah. It was awesome. Great work. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.